Virtuous men pass mildly away, and whisper to their souls to go, whilst some of their sad friends do say, the breath goes now, and some say no. So let us melt and make no noise, no tear floods nor sigh tempests move, toward profanation of our joys, to tell the laity our love. Moving of the earth brings harms and fears, men reckon what it did and meant, but trepidation of the spheres though greater far, is innocent. Dull sublunary lovers love, whose soul is sense cannot admit, absence, because it doth remove those things which elemented it. But we, by a love so much refined, that ourselves know not what it is, inter-assured of the mind, care less eyes, lips, and hands to miss. Our two souls, therefore, which are one, though I must go, endure not yet, a breach but an expansion, like gold to airy thinness beat. If they be two, they are two so, as stiff twin compasses are two. Thy soul, the fixed foot, makes no show, to move but doth if the other do. And though it in the center sit, yet when the other far doth roam, it leans and hearkens after it, and grows erect as that comes home. Such wilt thou be to me, who must like the other foot obliquely run, thy firmness makes my circle just, and makes me end where I begun. John Donne, A Valediction for Bidding Morning We begin this minute angled on Ventress, playing with a leaf or blade of grass. Beyond her to the left, but barely visible because of the green parka, Thorinson. Two yellow tents to the left, one to the right. Lena should be right behind Ventress from this angle, but is not immediately visible. The camera is angled toward the sun, which, no one tells the shepherd later, is not really the same direction it was when Lena looked at it last minute. Lena just said that it is impossible that none of them remember setting camp. Thornton. That's what I said. The camera moves slightly left, and we just start to see Lena, too close to Thornton and Shepard, and too far from Ventress given the pace Lena moved last minute, just before we cut to Raddick second two. Raddick gets up from sitting in front of her tent, Without the use of her hands, as she holds multiple pieces of electronic equipment in either hand. Radic. Guys. In the script, she says, you want to know what's weird? And Thornton responds, I want to know what isn't weird. And then Radic pulls her shortwave radio from her belt, gives it a burst, it plays static. But in the film, she takes a few steps toward camera, toward Shepard and Thornton. Radic continued. I'm I've been checking, checking my comms. And now equipment... She has crouched down now onto one knee and put two small pieces of equipment onto the ground. She has a large military radio still in her right hand. She looks at a small piece of equipment she just took from that same hand. Second nine, angle on campsite in the direction of Lena's tent. Raddick's tent on the left, Shepard's and Thornton's on the right, Ventress's tent in the distance. Shepard still crouches by the pile of food packets. Thornton has her parka open like she's readjusting it. Lena stands close to Raddick. Ventress is all but invisible in the distance again. Between cuts, Raddick has put down the larger military radio. Raddick continued. In the script, she has a tendency this man to overstate. What she says in the script is, none of it is working properly, like I can switch on the sat phone and the GPS, and... 
And then we get to the rest of her line, and she says in the film, they boot up fine, no problem with the electronics, and the camera is working, but... Second 12, back to the previous angle, Radic, her tent behind her. Her headphones are hung over her right forearm, one small piece of electronic equipment in both hands. Radic continued, anything that sends a signal out of the shimmer is down. Even though we've probably got about 20 satellites to kill this right now, and... She has put down that last piece of equipment and now reaches into her left jacket pocket. Braddock continued. Check this out. She pulls something out and we cut to close on the compass in her hands. Second 21. It seems to be an eyes key multifunctional military lensatic tactical compass. In case you're interested. She opens the flip top. The north arrow points roughly in her direction but does not settle. It spins to the right. Once around, lingers pointing to the right. And in the script she over explains. Braddock continued. It's like we're in the middle of the most massive electromagnetic interference. There is excitement in Raddick's voice and a note of panic, the script says. Raddick continued. So, so we've got, got no compass? compass? It continues to slow, then spin, and we cut to Angle on Lena, second 27. She looks in the direction of Raddick, concerned. Raddick continued. No, no comms, no, no coordinates. coordinates. Second 30, Angle on Raddick. She looks to her right, away from the group. Raddick continued. And no landmarks. In the script, she adds, again, more words than are necessary, and some streamlining between this version of the script and what made it to the screen makes it less dumbed down. We don't know where we are or what direction we should be heading. Smash cut, close on Shepard, second 31. Shepard. Well, we know know we're in the state park. She looks up. The eyeline doesn't really match the location of any of the other women. It's closest to where Ventress stands, but as she talks, she makes eye contact with Thornton to her immediate right, and Lena in front of her and to her right, and finally Raddick in front of her and slightly left. Shepard continued. We, we head south, we hit the ocean, and we can just follow the shoreline, shoreline until we hit the perimeter wall. Second 38, angle on Raddick. Headphones over her right wrist. She pulls her hood up with both hands. Shepard, off screen, continued. Right? Raddick leans her head on her right hand. Raddick, how, how do we, we know it's south? south? Second 41, Angle on Shepard. Medium shot. Shepard. Come, Come on, Josie, you know this. this. Shepard grabs her wristwatch with her right hand, looks at it, looks up toward... Not quite Josie. The eyeline is too high. Josie is still low, like Shepard is. Shepard, continue. Our hand at the, the sun. sun. Shepard glances down at the watch and begins to stand, and we angle on campsite again. Shepard is already nearly upright, already looking to her left past the camera. Thornson beyond her is... Checking her copy of the script... She faces away from the group for some reason, papers in hand. Shepard, eyeing her watch, turns back toward the group. Shepard, continued. So the, the difference between the hour hand and twelve? As she's talking, she's doing. Having oriented the watch to the sun, she points into the forest. Shepard, continued. South. She points with her whole hand toward the left of the camera. Shepard's move here, of course, assumes that her watch and the sun... However, its position is clear through the refraction of the Shimmer's Dome, or experiencing time the same way. If you'd like to try this move yourself, you should know that her description, hour hand pointed at the sun, halfway between the hour hand and the sun is south, works only in the northern hemisphere outside of the tropics. And in the southern hemisphere, you point the 12 o'clock mark at the sun instead of the hour hand, and then split the difference. Geographyfieldwork.com explains, quote, Using a watch to determine direction within the tropics is more complicated, since there are two solar maxima. The sun may lie to the north or south, or at midday be directly overhead, depending on the time of year. 
because time on our planet is divided into 24 broad time zones, the sun is not normally directly south or at its highest point in the sky at exactly midday. The watch-as-compass method is therefore an approximate guide to direction only. The most exact method of finding direction without using a compass is to mark and measure the shadows that occur around midday. The shortest shadow cast by an object always points exactly north. End quote. In the script, Thornson is impressed. Thornson raises her eyebrows. Thornson, get you, Shepard. Shepard, yeah, get me. Dr. Ventress, very impressive. Lena looks around. Dr. Ventress is right behind her. She shows no sense of concern about the situation. She seems almost serene. But in the film, we smash cut from Shepard's pointing to Ventress. Already turned around. Second 49. Dr. Ventress. Good. We're oriented. She takes a couple steps forward toward the group. Dr. Ventress continued. We weren't weren't really really expecting expecting the comms comms equipment to work, were we? In the script, she offers the novel's numbers. After 13 years of expeditions and 13 years of radio silence. In the film, she says... I mean, it's been three three years of expeditions. Amusingly, on the three, she raises her left hand, but because she still has that leaf between her thumb and forefinger, she raises the other three fingers. In three, three years, years of radio silence. And time runs out for this minute. We spoke. What was it we said? Wordlessly watching, he waits by the window and wonders at the empty place inside. Annihilation. 